Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eckle. This is episode 101. I am your host, Carter E., joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. Jeff, we always lead with football, so let's change it up a little bit. Plenty of stuff to talk about in the other realms. Don't worry, we'll get to football. It's it's there. Just a little uh, a little teaser to keep you guys keep you guys tuned in here early on. I think we got to start with the two games you and I both witnessed last night in volleyball and postseason soccer. They were both postseason, really. Both games scheduled at the same time, so a little tough on the old the old coverage beasts of. Uh, you know, solo, solo action two places at once. Yeah. We have not perfected yet. No, no. They uh, really need to get on this whole cloning and or transportation, transportation, uh, teleportation, yeah, teleportation. <laughs> stuff that uh, I've been asking for that for years. I don't want to sit in an airport ever again. Um, Carson volleyball rolls through McQueen three zero. They advance to the regional semifinals where they will play number one Reno Wednesday at 6 p.m. We are taping this Tuesday morning just to get a little clarity there. Honestly, you know, I won't disparage any teams, but uh, it was it was too easy for for Carson for that that game that just worked went over a little too easy for a four five matchup that. That's the two teams had seen each other three times. I'm just really not sure McQueen wanted to be there last night, which is not the first time I've seen that when it comes to high school sports. It won't be the last, but uh, 3-0 Carson, 25-10, 25-13, 25-16, just, just domination. I mean, there was no no real questions about that. Setting up, of course, a third meeting with number one Reno, which they seem pretty confident that they might be able to knock them off. I don't know if you had a chance to, to read some of the, the quotes that were in the story I put out last night. Yeah, but well, in the last three games, they've, they're win, win, win. So Yeah, since that last loss to Reno on October 10th, Carson's won five of six with that only loss coming to Galena, which you know might have been a little bit of uh, the, the fire that they needed to, to bounce back there because Galena ended up being the sixth seed. For whatever reason, the... Matchup between Bishop Minogue and Galena was moved to tonight. Apparently, both teams agreed to it, and the NIAA said that's fine as long as both teams agree to it. So the 3-6 game is tonight. They don't get any extra time. The winner of that will play at number two Spanish Springs tomorrow. So just worth noting. Um, But an absolute dominant performance from Carson. I've talked about several other players, you know, over the course of the season. Uh, I'm sure I've talked about her previously, but Ava Cordonaway is is something else on the, the defensive side of things. Really is able to just get to almost anything, which she says that's her job, but that doesn't make it any less impressive that yeah. you're able to dive and get some of these, these balls up off the floor and or uh, balls that are really not in play towards a bench or towards the stands. And to be able to put those back in play is, is pretty impressive. Um, I'm not sure if there's Anything else you've seen from any of the players on the defensive side of things for them? But I think just in general, their back line yesterday was impressive. Um, anything that hit at them, or even relatively close, they were knocking back up, and on we went with the offensive side of things in a quick hurry. And I mean, you could just see they got demoralized. I mean, you, you hit the ball super hard, and they just bump it up like no big deal. Yeah. And, that ha- and it wasn't just. I mean, Ava obviously does a lot. Yeah, but it wasn't just Ava. No, no. And as I alluded to in, in my story as well, Madeline Monson had several of those saves. Um, they've asked some other other players to step up in some players' absence. I know <clears throat> we saw we've seen a bit of Emma Sanders as well, who's 
uh, looked pretty good over the last few matches I've gotten a chance to see her in. Uh, Clarissa Quintana has stuck in there yeah. at times. Uh, they've asked Kylie Heckman to take a, a bigger role as well. That's been it's been impressive to see a team kind of rally around um, the fact that they they are without one of their their leading hitters for the rest of the season and. You know, and I don't again. Don't say this to disparage anybody, but some of the some of that on offense looks like they haven't really missed a beat. Which is yeah. again not to throw shade at anybody at all. I'm just more impressed that they're able to. You know, I wouldn't say replace somebody, but to lose one of their top hitters and just keep keep it moving like it's one, it's nothing nothing in general. I, I don't know a ton about the inner workings of volleyball, but it seemed like they were trying to play different last night. Um, use different players for different roles, uh, and you know, for me up at the net, you're trying to get something that's good, and and having different different people up there at different times and a little bit different look. It's like you guys have got to be trying this because, or are working towards that. So it's more of a a mystery for you know for someone like Reno. Yeah, and head coach Brittany Witter said post game that their defense was their issue uh, earlier in the season and. Their offense, they think, is right on line with the Huskies. So we shall see what happens Wednesday. Don't you worry. I will be there. Uh, you'll be able to get those updates on Twitter. I imagine most of you know that handle at this point. But uh, Carter Eckle, if you don't. And, yeah, that'll of course, we'll have recaps for those games online as well at NevadaAppeal.com backslash news backslash sports. But a big win for Carson Volleyball Monday night. Uh, like I said, straight set win over McQueen. Yeah. Big big win, and they're now one win away from qualifying for state, which is really all you can ask for. You spend all offseason working to get to this point, so might as well make it count once you get here. Um, switching over to boys soccer, which also had a home game last night, as we alluded to earlier. Carson fell to Reed 3-2 in the uh, second period of extra time. Obviously, it is golden goal once you go into extra time there. Jeff, I know, we, like we already said, we were bouncing back and forth. Didn't get to see everything. Carson scores in the second minute. Gets out to an early 1-0 lead. Then gives up two in a row in the 37th minute before half, and then the 45th minute just out of half. And then things get fun down the stretch. Uh, walk me through if you saw anything on this free kick from Angel Flores that tied it up before they went to extra time. But uh, Angel Flores hit a hit a bullet right into the the left netting of the goal and Reed didn't really look like Reed looked confused on the play to be honest with you and that was all Carson needed to tie it up and force it to extra time it, it took a long time to actually get the play going yeah. and I don't know I don't know what was going on in the field because we couldn't hear but it just seemed like it really took a, a much longer time than it should have and there's no way that goalkeeper saw that ball coming. I mean, he kept it low, which is perfect. You know, get get feet and backsides and all kinds of other stuff in the way of the ball, and it trickled right in the corner. And I mean, I don't. Th- that's the perfect place. Mm-hmm. And you know, it went in the goal, and we're all like, "Wow, that's amazing!" Because you know, right at the end of the game. So of course, in grand fashion, like he normally does, he <laughs> took off running. <laughs> His. His uh, his goal celebration just really just makes me chuckle. It's that's the kind of like pure joy you you don't find in in many other places, especially in a in a playoff sporting atmosphere when you're able to to save your team from the brink. Of course, Reed went and scored in the second extra time period, so Carson's season comes to an end there. But 
I mean, really, it's it was a much, much improved team this season uh, from year one to year two under uh, head coach Pedro Chavez, as I alluded to in the, the story I have online as well. They only scored 14 goals or 19 goals in 14 games last year, and this year they had 33 and 19 games, and uh, pretty impressive on the offensive side. The defense is, was obviously really good. They're going to lose a lot of seniors, though. That's going to be that's going to be tough. But all in all, a, a pretty good year. First postseason appearance since 2019. Also, first playoff home game since 2019, and uh, really neck and neck with that Reed team, who now gets the the pure joy of going to play at <laughs> number one Sparks. Yeah, welcome to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So play the state champs. <laughs> uh, you know, a tough way to end the season, but. As we were kind of talking about on the sidelines, that's how almost everybody's season ends, is in some form of heartbreak or another. There's only one that wins. Whether uh, whether it's in extra time, penalty kicks, or you're, it's getting blown out in you know non-dramatic fashion, everybody's nearly everybody's season ends in a loss, which is uh, just something to, to keep in mind there. Of course, the Carson High girls cross-country team doesn't know too much about that. They are coming off absolutely dominating the regional cross-country meet uh, this past Friday. They won. They finished with 33 points. Uh, their top five runners, which is what scores in regional cross-country, finished third, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. So they had wrapped up the regional cross-country title before 10th place had even crossed the line, which is mighty impressive and really only begins to tell the story of this this Carson High team. You can look at their times when, and I may have said this on a podcast previously, so forgive me, but you look at those times that they've ran at comparable meets in the same the same places, because obviously cross-country meets are varied in course and, uh, you know, hills and elevation and all that jazz, but their drop, their times are, every single one of them have dropped their times by a minute plus, and when you put your all five scores in the top 10 and all seven of your runners in the top 14 there's really not much anybody else can do <laughs> no it's pretty that and if you look at the results that that block of of the Carson 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 that that's impressive yeah and you know not only are they you know finishing all top 10 they're hanging with the the top runners there too i mean Hannah Bud was third uh, only 4 seconds behind Bishop Minogue Sr., Amaya Armini, uh, Eleanor Riker continues to, continues to dominate these meets as an individual. Uh, Galena was third overall to team. Bishop Minogue was second. But last year, Carson only beat the Miners by six points in that regional meet before going on to win a state title. It was 33-81 to 81 this time. Uh, that spread has grown quite a bit. And, Jeff, I don't know if you know this. Probably not. None of them are seniors. Oh, I do know that. <laughs> and only one of them is a junior? Yeah. 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 So there is, excuse me, two of them. Two of them are juniors. Two, two are juniors. So that is just just mighty impressive for the, the Carson High cross-country team. And, of course, on the boys' side, Sawyer Macy ends up winning the whole thing as an individual. Sean Thornton finishes sixth as well. So they have two runners in the top six there. Carson boys also qualify for state as well. They took third as a team behind Spanish Springs and Galena, but uh, Sawyer Macy had a plan and stuck to it and it worked out perfectly. He said he wasn't too interested in, in leading early on, just wanted to hang with 
whoever was kind of leading the pack or if it was, you know, that front three or four like they might have expected. And Peyton Miller of Spanish Springs and Macy kind of started to distance themselves from everybody else. And by the time they got to the finish, it was all Sawyer Macy uh, down the stretch, even gave a little uh, bib flash for for the folks at home representing Carson High. Uh, Pretty cool to see a individual regional winner there. I know he's looking for a state title as well. I know he's got bigger plans on top of just uh, dominating Northern Nevada in in cross country there. But all in all, just a really impressive day for uh, the Carson High cross country team in general. Should add that the Senator boys team won its second straight academic all state title too. So uh, congrats to them as well, getting it done on both sides of the. Hmm, I was going to say of the pitch. That's. Not sure that analogy works. Trail. Trail? Trail? Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. You know, I feel like I repeat myself a lot on on cross country just because it's tough to, I mean, it's tough to, I guess, analyze anything other than the course and how people finish compared to what they've done in the past. And it's a course that I think Carson got out and had had one practice run on earlier in the week, but otherwise they haven't really seen. I uh, believe it was the regional cross-country course in 2019, but otherwise they haven't been at Rancho San Rafael Park in, in a while. I'm, you know, I don't think any of these particular athletes competed in that 2019. I think they would have all graduated by then. So um, it's going to be going to be interesting for these Vegas schools that come up because not only is it going to be cold next Saturday, it's that course is hilly and uh, you can hear it from any, any coach you talk to there. They're not running for times there. They're running for places and cause you're not going to go out and, and crush your best time because you got to run uphill quite a bit. And, and then the finish is, is that downhill muddy stretch, just like the start. And uh, yeah, it's that course is going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting to see how it goes for state, but Plenty of coverage to talk about there. Of course, the Douglas boys also sent a trio of runners to the state meet. Luke Davis leading the pack there. He took eighth, so just missed out on the top seven medal stand. Sage Spencer and Dennis Jorgensen will join him as well at the state meet. The Douglas girls qualified as a team. They were fifth of five teams there. Uh, Their first runner, excuse me, in Lucy Nord took 18th for the Tigers, and then they had a plethora of runners finish in the 20s from 24th through 29th in order to to qualify there. So plenty more on that on our websites right now, nevadaappeal.com backslash news backslash sports, same URL, but recourier.com as well for Douglas folks there. Um, Sierra Lutheran and Dayton both had a couple runners qualify the Sierra Lutheran sent a few on the boys' side, including Aiden Concanon, who was fourth, I believe, in the boys' 2A. Uh, Allison Hoffman from Dayton qualified in the girls' regional cross-country meet for state there. So I think that's our updates from cross-country. Over to football. Douglas got a week off. They will get number five North Valleys. Obviously, we haven't touched on that North Valleys-Carson game from last Thursday on the pod yet, but I think North as head coach Ryan Boshard said, North Valley's might have just been hungrier for that one. And they were it was a much improved game from the Panthers defensively. They held held Carson without a fourth down without a first down until the fourth quarter. And um 
all in all, I mean, you go up, go up early and kind of hold your opponent at bay, and that's how you that's how you win a regional playoff game right there. Especially if you can keep keep your opponent to six points, it's usually a winning recipe. Of course, when we talk about limiting opponents, Douglas hasn't given up a point in uh, 17 quarters now, including a 35-0 shutout win over North Valley's in their first meeting. It's going to be a tough task for North Valley's, to say the least. Um, it's a Douglas team that, you know, from talking to head coach Kyle Mays on on the phone, and I, I made sure to word this in the story the right way, if there is a weakness, which I'm not saying this is, let me be very clear about that, North Valley's has shown some ability to throw the ball. And while Douglas has forced plenty of turnovers in the passing game, there also have been times where there's been some gaps in their, their secondary. And mostly that's because teams learn very fast they can't run the ball on Douglas. So they, you know, you only got one other option if you can't run the ball to, to try to throw. And once you're behind, you got to throw more. So, again, not saying that is a weakness, but North Valley's has shown the propensity to throw the ball a bit more than some of the teams Douglas has faced in the past. So that'll be that'll be kind of the one thing to keep an eye on as as Tigers fans. I could see, you know, a potential scenario where that maybe maybe gets them early. But Douglas is just so strong everywhere. I mean, Connor Jackson is 55 yards off of setting the single season rushing record in school history. Um, it was a record set in 2004 by Spike uh, Agosta. Agosta. Apologies there on on the name pronunciation. But this game will be in Minden at 7 p.m. Friday. That kickoff time was moved back an hour for what it's worth. In the first meeting, like I said, Douglas won that game 35 nothing. Connor Jackson. Two touchdowns, 169 yards rushing. Kyle Koontz, two touchdown catches, 79 yards receiving in total. And, uh, yeah, all in all, Douglas pretty much controlled that one. Um, and the reason why nobody can run the ball is their, amongst other reasons, it's their middle linebacker core and Cole Smalley and Aaron Tekanzik, who against North Valley's combined for 15 tackles and four tackles for loss. Uh, Trevor Shaver and Trace Estes both had a sack in that win as well. Winner of that game will get the winner of Wooster Galena in the Class 5A Division III Regional Championship for a shot at a state title. Newly announced that Class 5A Div 3 state title game will be at Mackey Stadium up at mm. Nevada. I think wow. I, so. Keep that in mind. Yeah, we'll be in Reno. So a bit of a, chilly. a hometown advantage, I guess, for, for whichever team comes out of the north. Right now, uh, Legacy still holds that number one spot down in the south. They are... Obviously, they got a buy as well. I believe the top four seeds all advanced in 5A Division Three in Las Vegas. But plenty to look forward to this week. Of course, we haven't. I haven't really touched on this yet, but Douglas Douglas Girls Soccer plays at McQueen tonight. It's going to be a, an uphill battle for the Tigers as they take on the tops top dogs in in Northern Nevada in McQueen. Uh, so a big one there. And then, of course, yeah, we have. Reno and Carson Wednesday before we get to Douglas North Valley's football on Friday. So be sure to stay tuned for all your updates online at NevadaPeel.com backslash news backslash sports there. And uh, Jeff, anything else before we get out of here? I think that's it. All right. Thank you to today's sponsor that has played against sports. Your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center or online at PlayAgainSports.com. Thank you, as always, to my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com, where you can check out his work. And we will catch you guys next week. Take it easy. Take it easy.